Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to our monthly webinar series. Uh, today's topic is for New Jersey law, called the, uh, is the petitioner an employee? A very fundamental question in determining whether or not we're providing workers' compensation benefits. My name is Joe Jones. I'm a partner here at Lois Law Firm. I have with me my associate, Michael Tomasino, uh, and we're going to both present this to you today and hopefully answer a couple of your questions as well. Uh, this type of topic it usually comes up. Your client or your location, uh, your insured wants to know and gives you a phone call. Uh, we have an injured worker. Do I have a viable defense uh, for lack of employment? And how do the courts generally uh, define employment? Uh, just as a reminder, this is part of our monthly webinar series. Uh, we do both New York Workers' Comp and New Jersey Workers' Comp. Uh, the New York Workers' Comp is on the third Monday of each month, and New Jersey is on the fourth. Today, of course, is New Jersey. Uh, these are live presentations, but they're also recorded for purposes of uh, reviewing them later on. They're available on our website in our archives. Uh, you can see all the past ones that we've done, and certainly this one will be available most likely within a 24-hour time period. Just some uh, a little reminder of the resources that our firm has to sort of outreach and, and educate. Uh, we have handbooks. Uh, my partner, Greg Lois, in fact, wrote a handbook, the New Jersey Workers' Compensation Law. Uh, this is it here, in case anybody has not seen it. If, in fact, uh, you do not have this book and you want a copy, just uh, email me, and I can certainly get a copy uh, shipped out to you right away. Uh, we also have our website, uh, which has got a lot of information on it to sort of help you out. Uh, we have, again, the archives of the videos. we got articles that the attorneys in the firm, uh, including yourself, Michael, also uh, contribute to. Uh, we have a newsletter that goes out, and, of course, uh, we have this monthly webinar series. Um, a big part sometimes of this presentation, in addition to the, the information itself that we're giving in the discussion, is questions. And uh, we'll take questions at the end of the presentation. Uh, on your screen, you should have a box available to you where you can type in a question. Feel free to do that throughout the entire presentation. Um, we will answer as many as we can at the end. For those questions we don't get to, Michael and I will follow up afterwards and certainly email you back with whatever answers we can provide. Okay, so let's get started. Today, we're going to answer basically who is an employee. Okay? That's, again, this sort of starts when you get a call from your client or your insured and they want to know, hey, what's going on? This guy got hurt at work. I don't know if he's an employee or not. I don't know if we need to provide benefits. Uh, typically, you go through your, your normal analysis of the issues that are involved. You know, was there notice? Is there a statute of limitations problem? But certainly that whether or not the person's an employee or a non-employee is one of those um, things that you have to figure out. How do we define employee? In New Jersey, Section 36 of the Workers' Compensation Statutes uh, indicates that, in general, it's a very liberally uh, provided definition. statute, right. right. And it provides service for financial consideration. That pretty much covers a whole host of people. Um, typically, when you think of an employee, you think of, well, there's a pay stub, there's a W-2 form. Uh, those are normal. You must be an employee. And it's not necessarily that clear, even if someone has a pay stub, even if someone has a W-2. Uh, just a short note. Longshore people are not part of the New Jersey uh, statutes. Right. They're actually exempted from it. Uh, you are allowed to bring your claim, of course, in federal court, but you cannot bring a New Jersey claim as well. Okay. Um, this is just to show, sort of show you the form that we have. It's the answer to the claim petition. In particular, how do we raise the defense of non-employee? Well, there's a box for it. Uh, the petitioner was employment on the date of the alleged, alleged in the petition. Yes or no? You check off no. When we prepare our answers, we also have an addendum sheet that we attach where we actually raise the defense and refer to the statute itself. All right, so let's get to our first example of uh, what we're going to analyze really are the sort of the edge cases. All right, the the, not so on the brink, they're not as obvious as, right. as some of the uh, more clear-cut questions, so things that commonly occur. Right. 
little scenarios that that'll come up in pretty much every day uh, that there's an accident. All right, let's get to our first one. Before our new lag tech even filled out his new hire paperwork and before he punched in, he was burnt by a Bunsen burner. Can he file a workers' compensation claim? Okay, this, this slide is basically asking the question, just in case there's anybody have, having problems not seeing it or hearing it. Um, new hires. Uh, before, you know, the, the question is, before our lab tech even fills out his new hire paperwork and before he even punches in and then he gets hurt, is he an employee? And the answer to this is yes, he is an employee. Uh, if you have somebody who just shows up for their first day, they're sitting in a waiting room, they're waiting to fill out the paperwork, some event occurs, they get hurt, they are covered under the New Jersey workers' compensation statutes. So even though they didn't punch in, even though they don't have their paperwork, they are covered. All right, let's take a look at the next scenario. Hi, Greg. This is Joey from the warehouse. Sarah just got hurt here because she was not following our safety rules. Right. Can she Michael, file a workers' compensation Absolutely. claim? Let's reiterate the, the question once again. Hi, Greg. This is Joey from the warehouse. Sarah just got hurt here because she was not following safety rules. Can she file a workers' compensation claim? Essentially, this question asks if an individual is not following safety rules or if they're acting in an insubordinate manner, are they an employee for the purposes of workers' compensation? Claims, these are questions that we frequently get almost every day. And the answer is yes. Okay, individuals, even if they're not following the, the rules of the workplace or if they're acting insubordinately, they can still be considered an employee for the terms of workers' compensation. Okay. A very common example that we tend to get involves the use of table saws or other machinery. So here's, here's how this would work. An employee goes and then they strip the plastic guard from the table saw. One, the reason for doing that is so they could work more efficiently. After they remove the plastic guard from the table saw, they then go and accidentally saw a portion of their hand or fingers off. We get the call from the employer, the alleged employer, and they say, this individual, he removed the guard from his table saw. In no way do we condone such manner. Right. Is he an employee? And the reality is here, yes, he is. absolutely. And we see this a lot, really, in the construction context, Mostly. where uh, people are not wearing hard hats or they're not... Steel toe boots, steel -toe another great example like of such. Yeah, okay. So they are, in fact... Uh, uh, covered as well. Okay, the next uh, scenario. The holidays are a busy time for us. We hire temporary workers to handle the overflow. Are they entitled to workers' compensation benefits? All right, once again, we'll reiterate the, the question, just in case any of you guys are having some sound trouble or slower internet connection. Here's what it says. The holidays are a busy time for us. We hire temporary workers to handle the overflow. Are they entitled to workers' compensation benefits? Essentially, in a nutshell, this question asks, are temporary workers and seasonal workers employees? Now, the most common example of this would be, say, the mall around Christmas, Christmas time. time right. right, they go out and they hire temporary workers just to kind of deal with the overload. You know, the same type of work that the store gets all the time, but just a little bit of extra because it's busy around Christmas. And can those individuals file claims? And the reality is yes, absolutely. Even though they're only employed for a brief manner or for a set time period, and then they know that they'll be fired, they actually, yes, they can. So like in the Christmas example, you know, they get hired December, they're fired by January, just that one month's right. time is Right, and that one month is definitely enough. And, and to be frank, you often see claims to where people know that they're going to lose their temporary position soon, and then they will file claims just uh, prior to, to their departure. Okay. All right, let's uh, uh, look at another scenario here.
After the accident, we learned this employee did not have working papers. Can he still file okay. a claim? This, this one you can see, uh, this is somebody who gets injured uh, at work, but it turns out they don't have working papers. In other words, potentially are they an illegal, uh, illegal immigrant or an illegal employee? Uh, and this is this is a very very common situation here in New Jersey. We have Port Newark. We got a lot of a lot of stuff that goes on, coming work that comes on uh, comes through Newark, going in and out. And unfortunately, a lot of employers do hire illegal immigrants. I think the issue that comes up here as well is uh, the Social Security number, Correct. which the Department of Labor uses to sort of keep track of these claims, and and so that you know if, for investigative purposes, if you can find out other. Prior uh, accidents. One of the things I'd like to piggyback just upon Joe's claim. So, in New Jersey workers' compensation, on the generic forms or the claim petitions, in the top left-hand corner, you see the Social Security number for the claimant. Sometimes it's redacted, sometimes not. Right. Whenever you see a number that begins with 900 or 900 in some configuration, that's going to be a worker without a Social Security number right. and often an illegal worker. Now. The difficulty with these particular claims is that it's difficult to investigate to whom are the, are the illicit worker. What, what do they do? Have they filed previous claims? In every claim, we recommend obtaining an ISO or a match report, specifically so we look, can look into previous workers' compensation claims filed by employees. Here, with illegally employed immigrants, what we typically see happen is they will go and give a very generic name to, to the workers' compensation right. uh, board, and the Department of Labor will sign a 900 Social Security number, and between the generic name and the temporary Social Security number, it's nearly impossible to attain an investigative report. Right. And I think maybe this topic's sort of a little counterintuitive. I think a lot of people think, like, if you're an illegal immigrant, you're not entitled to those type right. of benefits. But I think it comes from basically a public policy um, of, of not giving an incentive to employers to hire people they know are not going to be covered. Correct. You know, otherwise a lot of employers would hire illegals knowing they can then deny them. Absolutely. Uh, Every time they were injured. Benefits. Right. Okay. Let's look at our next scenario. We have a 16-year-old kid who collects the shopping carts. He got hurt while working. Sorry about that. It turns out he had fake working papers. Can he file a claim? All right. Once again, we'll reiterate the question. We have a 16-year-old kid who collects the shopping carts. He got hurt while working. It turns out he had fake working papers. Can he file a claim? Okay. This example essentially touches upon two categories. Number one, can minors file worker compensation claims? And then secondly, what about a minor that presents fake working papers? Can they file a worker's compensation claim? The answer is yes to both. Okay, In New Jersey, in particular, minors are given substantial rights in workers' compensation court. Minors can file workers' compensation claims. Additionally, minors who present fake working papers can still present workers' compensation claims. Here's where it gets dicey for employers as well as insurance carriers. Minors are actually entitled to, to better benefits, dare we say, than adults. For example, a minor has the right to opt out of workers' compensation court in New Jersey and proceed to superior court. For those of you in other states, superior court is in New Jersey the county-level court where there are juries. So in superior court in New Jersey, unlike workers' compensation court, there's no cap on damages. So if a minor chooses to opt out of workers' compensation court, they can go to a jury trial and potentially be awarded millions and millions of dollars. In addition, if a minor chooses to stay within the realm of workers' compensation court, something that we will see in certain scenarios, minors may be entitled to double compensation. 
Let's uh, choose our next topic here. We use a staffing company to supply our plant workers. If one of these Lent employees gets hurt, can they file a claim against us? Okay, this is a very common situation that comes up. This is ba essentially your situation where you have a uh, temporary agency providing employees to a regular company, uh, whether it's to handle extra workload or for whatever purpose. Um, and if one of those Lent employees gets hurt, can they file a claim uh, against us? Uh, again, this is this sometimes comes down to a number of different uh, fact patterns. Uh, is there a contract between the temporary agency and uh, the employer? Uh, a lot of times, this is where investigation really becomes important because it's fact sensitive, and you sort of have to look at the whole, the whole, you know, total scope, circumstances right. here, right? The whole scope. So, for example, one of the things you look at is who's directing the employees themselves. Right. If the temporary employees are at the employer's location, and he determines hours. He right. determines type of work and stuff like that. Uh, there could be almost a dual employment situation here where the workers' right. compensation court might determine that they're, right. they're both going to owe benefits. So absolutely, just to kind of reiterate here, it's who controls the, the individual? You know, does he show up to work every day and then use, say, the facility's equipment? And does the, the person in charge him dictate the hours that he works, the, the manner in which right. he works? So issues like that are very fact-intensive. So as yeah. Joe had stated, 100% investigation is needed for these scenarios. And you'll find also that uh, an analysis of the contract is important because a lot of times there's indemnification clauses uh, or, or specifics in the contract that sort of handle the workers' compensation so. situation. All right, let's look at one other fact scenario here. Here at the gym, I pay all the trainers on 1099s. None of them can file a workers' comp claim against me, right? Ah, uh, here we go. Our favorite. Yeah, a big okay, one. independent contractors versus workers or employees. How does everything just kind of pull together, and, and who is which? Okay, so when you go back, you have to determine whether an individual is a worker or an independent contractor. In New Jersey Workers' Compensation Court, the manner in which people are paid and what it says in their tax form isn't necessarily uh, intuitive. It doesn't guarantee that someone is an employee. Or is not an employee. In other words, just because they're getting a 1099. Exactly. Doesn't mean exactly. Okay. So a great example here is uh, truckers. If you want, we we can kind of yeah, look sure. into this. Let's go to the next one. All of the drivers we use are independent contractors. They can't file a claim, right? Uh, let's reiterate the question here. All of the drivers we use are independent contractors. They can't file a claim, right? Well, once again, this is an example in which we see investigation is important. Investigation, investigation, investigation. Here, you've got to look to very, very fact-specific issues. For example, was the driver given his own Department of Transportation licensure number? Right. Okay. In addition, does the driver haul freight for uh, individuals or companies other than the one to whom he alleges is his employer? Does he own his own truck? So very fact-sensitive uh, scenarios here. Even, even things like, do they wear uniforms with the company Correct. name on it, or do they advertise their company do separately? Do they hold out as if they're own, right. their own business? Uh, business cards are another great example of this. Okay. All these workers on this construction site are not my employees. They are all independent contractors. That will hold up, right? Ah. All right, this is a big area. Correct. The construction accident cases. All of these workers on this construction site are not my employees. They are all independent contractors. That will hold up in court, right? 
here we see quite a few scenarios. Joe, why don't you tell them about one of the cases that we're currently litigating? We, we have a case that Michael and I are working on now where it's this very exact fact scenario. Well, we represent the general contractor in this matter, and there's actually several levels of subcontractors. Uh, and, of course, one of the workers on one of the low levels of subcontractors get hurt, and he doesn't really know who he works for. He gets paid cash. He's right. not sure. He saw a few people on the job site, and he's not sure. So now an analysis has to take So away. one of the things that happens is Joe and I have come in, and now there are multiple different employers. All of the subcontractors have retained attorneys. We represent the general contractor. We at this point have to go into court and take testimony of the individual and determine and ask them questions like, you know, do you wear a shirt to work, a uniform shirt? Which company's name is on the uniform? Right. Who drives you to work every day? Things like that. Right. Now, in addition, what complicates is in New Jersey workers' compensation, if a subcontractor does not have insurance, the individual that's hurt, if deemed an employee, can actually go up a level to the next right. subcontractor and up and up and so up. So eventually it goes up the chain all the, the way to, to the, the general, general contractor. In the exact case that we have, the individual who was hurt is on the third level of subcontractors. Okay, the level above him, as well as his own boss, doesn't have insurance. So now he's moved up to, to, to the highest subcontractor who does have insurance. Joe and I represent the general contractor. So now we've got this issue. You know, there were three employers beneath our, our client. But will our client be forced to pay workers' compensation benefits? And, and it's very possible yeah. and in this again, scenario. It's, it's investigation's important here. Uh, a lot of times the general contractors, when they have subcontractors work on their jobs, will require them to have workers' compensation policies. There'll be explicit contracts in place between them with indemnification clauses and stuff like that. So uh, really the more information you can get from your insured, from your contact, from your uh, adjuster or whoever it might be, uh, will better enable you to analyze this whole scenario. Uh, Okay. Well, that concludes uh, basically our presentation. I hope this was helpful to you. I hope we uh, at least answered some questions you might have had. Uh, in terms of questions, we're actually going to take uh, a few questions now. Uh, let's get to the first one. Okay. Uh, first question is from Bob. Uh, Bob has a situation apparently where a landlord who owns a six-unit building uh, hires one of his tenants in order to uh, paint just his house. So it's, you know, it, right. he, he works, he's a tenant at the, at the landlord's apartment and he hires him. And Bob wants to know, is that something that's covered? Uh, this basically is the area of casual employment. Uh, it's, it's where you don't, there's no regular recurring employment. Uh, babysitters fall into this category. Another uh, great example would be, say, the golf caddy. I go golfing, and then I hire a caddy for right. the day. Right. Can he sue me for workers' compensation benefits? Right, right. So these casual-type employment situations are generally not covered. Uh, obviously, you know, it's fact-sensitive as well, and to, to sort of see if there was a regular or irregular kind of, kind of pattern of hiring. That and person. here, just, just to reiterate, we kind of look at the same facts as we have been this entire time. Does the individual uh, that, that's alleged to be the employer control the individual? Does, does the, uh, say, the, the caddy or the babysitter exclusively work for, for uh, the individual right. who hired them? That actually them. comes up a lot in the uh, context of people who clean houses. Correct. And, and if they just work for one house or do they have a, sort of, again, a business of, of multiple houses. So hopefully that, that answers that question. Uh, we do have a second question. One of the things I'd just like to add here, we've got a, a brief backlog, maybe of 15 to 20 questions. As Joe had stated earlier, any question that we do not answer live during the presentation, obviously we can't get to all of them because of just the sheer allotment right. of time. And also we don't want to waste your time as well. Any question that we are given, we will answer throughout the course of today. 
uh, actually either via email or, or phone call. So right. feel free to reach out to either Joe or myself. Right, absolutely. Keep submitting your questions whether we, whether we get to them or not. All right, we'll take uh, one more question. It looks like it's from Lauren. Uh, Lauren asks, uh, if I have a contract between me and my independent contractor, stating he's an independent contractor, isn't that enough? Okay, we, we, I think we sort of really right. hit on that. Go ahead, Michael. Well, we've touched on this before. That. So just because you have a contract that, that says, you know, expressly says this individual is hired as an independent contractor, in the state of New Jersey, that's not always enough. In particular, we go to court all the time with this scenario. We'll bring in the contract to court and we'll say, look, judge, here, he signed right. it. He, it says that he's an independent contractor. And the judge just simply won't take that. He'll want to dive deeper into the facts that underlie the matter. You know, it, it does, is the individual exclusively working for the individual that he alleges is, empl is his employer? Right. Does and the, again, those issues of right. control and, and, Absolutely. And, and all that come into play. So, so really, it's, it's a very fact-sensitive thing. I think if you get anything out of uh, sort of what we mentioned in this whole presentation is investigation is really Absolutely. important. 100%. To, to work through and flush out those facts so you know kind of what you're dealing with. Uh, I'm being told we're kind of at a time here, so as Michael indicated, we will uh, get back to the, any questions that we missed uh, via email. Uh, so don't worry, we will, we'll, we, will, we will take care of that. Um, just a quick reminder, next month's topic is, uh, again, New Jersey's presented on the fourth Monday uh, of each month. Uh, the next month's topic is Common Defenses. It's on May 23rd, 2016. Uh, it's going to be presented by myself and also my associate, Michael Garvalino. So uh, we look forward to, to obviously, uh, seeing you on that day and... and Giving you some more information Absolutely. about New Jersey workers' compensation. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thank you very much for your time.